Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. Hey everyone, welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm Sean Duffy along with my podcasting partner, my wife. Some say, or I would say my life, Rachel Campbell's Duffy. Oh, that's yeah. so nice to hear. All right. So it's so great to be back at the kitchen table. And we've been worried, John, about what's been happening in Latin America. Not enough Americans are talking, and certainly not our media, are talking about what's happening in Latin America, particularly as it relates to China, who China. has made massive moves in Latin America, especially since the Biden administration has been um, in office. So I thought we'd bring in Ambassador Carlos Trujillo. He is the former ambassador of the OAS, which is the American, um, which is the organization of American states, which is essentially like the UN of Latin America. So let's, with no further ado, bring in Ambassador Trujillo. Ambassador, welcome. Thank you for having me, Sean and Rachel. It's an honor to be on your show. So great to have you. So let's just get right into it. Talk to me about what China is doing in Latin America and what we as a country are doing in Latin America in terms of imparting our our own national values and, and maybe Carlos, before you answer that just to be clear you were the ambassador under president trump since you guys have left from the trump administration we've seen a lot of changes in the biden administration can you lay it out what's been happening in in central and south america sure you know under the trump administration our national security and our economic advancement were cornerstones of our foreign policy and unfortunately that's no longer the case we've seen uh the last few months under the Trump administration, there was negative migration to the United States. More people were removed from the country than entered illegally, which was a historic accomplishment wow. at that time. Um, what we see now in, under the Biden administration is just a complete lack of respect for our own sovereignty, 200,000 plus illegal immigrants entering this country that we know of every single month, but also a lack of respect for the sovereignty of other countries. And I think that's really going back to the China question. That's where China's capitalizing. We don't respect our neighboring countries. We try to impose our social views. We try to impose our climate views. We try to impose this administration's priorities rather than respecting these countries and working to advance American interests, American security, and economic prosperity for the region. And China knows that and quickly takes advantage of providing cheap, cheap money, high debt, debt loading these countries, taking over their assets with none of the social or climate strings attached. And unfortunately, it's worked. Uh, the, the hemisphere's preferred trading partner now is China in our own Western hemisphere. If and that's we a, can't that's, win, that's a, that you're saying right now it is right now, China. If, 
if you look at preferred economic activity, the largest economy, and, and it's the only places we win are the CAF to DR countries, right? So the Mexico, Canada, Dominican Republic, uh, and Central American countries, we beat China. Everywhere else, China whoops us. Uh, Brazil, Argentina, Chile, Brazil's sixth largest economy in the world. Argentina, Chile, Bolivia, Ecuador, everywhere else, China's beating us, uh, especially with the larger economies aside from Mexico that really pushed the economic agenda in our hemisphere. And, and, and Carlos, you would think that the American perspective with the Monroe Doctrine uh, goes back, uh, what, 100 years, that we, we have the philosophy that we want to control the Western Hemisphere, the United States does. We don't want to allow foreign entities to out-influence the United States. And it seems like the Biden administration has been more focused, to your point, on whether it's gay, transgender, abortion green, rights, uh, abortion, that's right, all of these social, all these social issues as opposed to thinking through what are the what are the strategic importance of an alliance between the U.S. and our hemisphere? They don't seem to care about that. They don't seem to care about American security. They care more about these social movements. Am I right? Yeah. And this goes back actually to the to the Obama administration. Secretary Kerry, a yes. real famous speech he gave in the Western Hemisphere was the Monroe Doctrine is that um, that is their view of the world. The view of the world is not American exceptionalism. It's not America's the greatest country on earth. It's not America will control not only our hemisphere, but we will control the international and economic prosperity and security of the world. Their view of it is America is just another country on the map uh, and we should be treated as such. So I think that view us, is Carlos. long, long standing. Yeah, you know, it's so scary. And by the way, it's so much cultural imperialism on our part. I mean, these are ca mostly Catholic Christian countries, um, not many of them not interested in the uh, radical abortion policies and and much of the, you know, transgender gay agenda, LGBTQ agenda that we're pushing on them. But again, let's go back to China. What are the implications for America if China is, as you say, the preferred trading partner and, and what are the implications for those countries? Because my understanding with, of China, just based on what they've done in Africa, is that they basically rape and pillage these countries and, and they're not interested in the long term uh, good for these countries. Yeah. So, so the implication for us is the destruction of democracy in our own hemisphere. Um, when China takes over your cyber system, when China takes over through uh, Huawei, when they take over your telecommunications, they could turn off the Internet prior to an election. They can load the Internet with bots prior to an election. They can dictate the outcome of every single democracy in our hemisphere, um, which is very, very scary to think. And their economic plan is to extract and export. They steal whatever natural resources, whether it's yes. wildlife, whether it's rare minerals, gold, whatever they could steal, they steal it and export it back to mainland China. So that's what's at stake for our hemisphere. And ultimately, they're, they're circling us. They're very aggressive in the Bahamas. You could go from Miami to the Bahamas in an hour and 15 minutes on a boat. Uh, the Chinese have a very, very strong presence in Nassau. They have a very strong presence in Bimini, the largest resort that's now run out of Bimini's, owned by the Chinese Communist Party. Um, these are things that affect our national security. And all their, their objectives not always economic. It's really their ability to capture intelligence, to have valuable intelligence, and to use that intelligence to their advantage. Uh, and that's really what they've started doing across the entire hemisphere. You know, Carlos, it, it, what concerns me is that the, the Biden administration, and to your point, goes uh, back to the Obama administration. It seems like they want to partner with um, communist aligned or socialist aligned regimes, whether it's in Cuba or, or Venezuela, 
Um, and, and I think that case in point is right now, as we've seen in the news, that Chevron has now been given permission by the Biden administration to partner uh, in Venezuela to um, to extract oil. But at the same time, uh, Gaia, right? Guiana. Guiana, close. Close. Yeah. Sorry, Carlos. Um, <laughs> I'm not a Western Hemisphere expert, but it's on the southeast corner of Venezuela, north of Brazil. And they found huge resources of oil, clean, uh, low in sulfur, way cleaner than the, the Venezuelan oil. And the U.S., in, because of climate change, has said we're not going to partner with them. We're not going to allow Approve investment the mm-hmm. there um, in Guyana, but we're going to allow it in uh, in Venezuela. This strategy makes absolutely no sense. One, if you care about clean energy, and two, if you care about um, the influence of China in the region, because if we don't partner in Guyana, the Chinese are going to come in and develop those resources. What's even more concerning is that there are agendas built on climate change and human rights, but they are happy to do business with a country that has no sort of environmental safeguards, Venezuela. They literally pour mercury because of their legal gold mining into the Amazon. Um, and their human rights, they have torture chambers set up all over the country in which civilians who protest are beaten, tortured, and killed. And we're okay with doing business with communist totalitarian Venezuela, but we're concerned about clean energy, not only in Guyana, but in the United States of America. We're willing to shut down the Keystone Pipeline because we're concerned about human rights and climate activity in Canada, but we're not concerned about climate activity in Venezuela or their human rights records. The policy makes absolutely no sense. These are the same people who are going back to negotiate with Iran. We're concerned about human rights like that's a pillar of their agenda they're concerned about social rights but they're willing to do business with iran and venezuela how do you explain it i mean it just makes no sense and again the way that the biden administration has alienated the few u.s allies Ghana was one of them by the way um but even you know in in central america with with uh, guatemalan leader i mean anyone who is remotely pro-american they seem to 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 you know shun shun and then they embrace the worst of the worst in latin america who by the way are already aligned with china i, I think this a lot of these things are roots right they, they claim to be the champions of human rights but countries who actually have strong human rights records dominican republic it's a strong human rights strong democracy massive economic growth we treat them absolutely terribly But we're okay with doing business with Venezuela. We're okay with Lula winning the presidency of Brazil, the most corrupt person in the history of the Mm -hmm. hemisphere, the person who was responsible for Odebrecht, an international corruption scandal. But their policy, I think, is much more driven by ideology than it is driven by outcome and advancing American interests and security. So you see the, the subjective approach to people who believe in their ideology, whether it's Christina Kushner, a person who's condemned in Argentina to 12 years in prison for corruption, not being sanctioned by the United States. Uh, Senator Ted Cruz sent a strong letter and urging the administration to consider sanctioning Christina Kushner, a person condemned in her own country by her own prosecutors. Uh, Lula, a person who was condemned in Brazil and across the world for global corruption. But these are their friends and they will not pick on them and they will absolutely give them carte blanche. And then we have people they don't like their ideological outlooks. Giamate in Guatemala, as you mentioned, a person who's in a Judeo-Christian country, the majority, 97 percent Christian. Um, we go out of our way to make their lives miserable. Uh, and then we go to Honduras. The lady's a lefty, uh, doesn't really like the United States. Her husband, Mel Zelaya, absolutely hates the United States. One of her closest advisors is communist Cuba. Um, we send the vice president down for her swearing in. 
So I don't think this is by accident. I think it's completely by design. I think there's a real affinity towards the Latin American left. Um, Petro, who came into Colombia, a person by his own admission is not very pro-American, a former guerrilla fighter, um, was praised by the Biden administration being the future leader and the future of Latin America. And what's scary for us is that it's not only the message it sends to the United States, it's the message it sends to the region. If you are a serious pro-democracy, pro-human rights president in Latin America, would you really want to do business with these people when they're praising people who are absolutely polar opposites of what you stand for? And we're really alienating the people we should be friends with, the presidents of countries that are have strong democracies, presidents of countries who really respect human rights and, and are pro-American and anti-China. Yeah, it's 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 scary. Can you talk to us a little bit about what's going on in the Dominican Republic? This is really bubbling. And I, I maybe you could lay out what's happening, because, as you mentioned, they are an ally of ours. We treat them very bad. And I think we've our the Biden administration has just done something remarkable. I've never seen anything like this. So why don't you just lay out what's happened in, in the Dominican Republic? So just in the last week, this is the same administration that gave a general license to Chevron to go do business in totalitarian Venezuela. The worst human rights record in the entire hemisphere is now sanctioning the Dominican Republic uh, and sanctioning sugar imports to the United States. They've also taken out uh, multiple travel advisories. The Dominican Republic is engaged in subjective racism for screening uh, people of Afro descent in the Dominican Republic. Remind you, Dominican Republic's 85 percent Afro descent. So they bring out this travel advisory. Number one economic engine in the country is travel. U.S. Embassy decides to come out with some sort of communication saying that we are there. The Dominicans are subjectively screening uh, Afro-Americans or people of Afro descent when they're entering or leaving the country, which makes absolutely no sense. But that travel advisory, what it does to their local economy, what it does to the tourism, it really spooks people about going down there. I spent six weeks down there this summer with my family. At no point did I feel insecure, at no point did I feel unsafe, at no point did I witness any sort of subjective apprehension of people or screening of people. It just doesn't exist. But I think part of it is that agenda on Haiti is a huge issue for them. Um, we know the disaster of the $5 billion that were pumped into there under the Clinton Global Initiative. And Haiti today is in much worse shape than it was prior to receiving all that money which is really so, sad to think of, of all that money being sent there. So they're trying to pressure Dominicans to deal with the Haitian conflict, which isn't the Dominicans responsibility. Go ahead. So, so, so let's just explain this. So what's happening is there's there's problems in Haiti. Haitians want to get out. Some of them, as we know, have come to our southern you know border. Remember the Del Rio Bridge where we had, you know, uh, tens of thousands of of Haitians there. And it appears to me that and, and you can tell me, Ambassador, if I'm wrong, my interpretation of what is happening is that the Biden administration is OK with Haitians coming to America, but they just don't want them to come at massive numbers where they can't process them and keep keep the eyes of the media away from this problem like they had when they, you know, all were under the bridge and, and the media came, descended on that. And they don't want attention on that. So they want this excess capacity of, you know, Haitians that want to leave. They want the Dominican Republic to 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 absorb that. Um, and so the Dominican Republic like, we, we can't we want to control our borders. And so what the Biden administration is doing, because they're mad that the Dominicans are coming across or, or won't, won't let the Haitians come across, is that they're saying, well, you're doing that because you're racist. And they they put out a travel advisory saying you guys are racist. And then there's these other sanctions on on other exports. Am I am I interpreting this correctly? Yeah, it's really the Dominicans respect their own sovereignty. 
And they believe, just like every other country should believe, that they're entitled to have a border and they're entitled to control that border and they're entitled to control who enters and leaves their country. The Biden administration really wants to pressure them to accept every last Haitian that comes into their country illegally. And President Abina there, rightfully so, said, no, we, we are sovereign. We respect our country. We respect our sovereignty. And therefore, you have to come into this country in an orderly fashion. You can't just come illegally. And they're really trying to pressure the Dominicans through the U.N. The U.N. has had very strong statements against the Dominican Republic and through the administration, which is really sad because the Dominican Republic could not be any more pro-American. I always do the baseball test. Countries that play baseball love America. There's no better baseball players in the world than the Dominican Republic. There's no one who loves America more than the Dominican Republic. And we're alienating a natural, natural ally and honestly, one of our strongest allies and the strongest democracy in the entire region. It's, it's, it's unbelievable, Carlos. So I pride myself on uh, I'm trying to see where people are coming from. I don't always agree with them, but go, I, I, want to, I want to understand why people think the way they do. And as I've tried to think through what this administration is doing, what, what Democrats have done again in, with Biden and with Obama, and the fact that they're partnering with people who hate America and alienating you know, countries that love America, my only conclusion is that they too hate America. They're aligned, you know, philosophically with Venezuela and those in other countries that that think America is a horrible, racist regime, oppressive regime. And so they're of like mind and they partner with them. And those who love America, that think America is is great and a force for good, they completely disagree with that. And therefore, they shun them. That's the only that's the only way I can come to any conclusion that any of this makes any sense on why why this administration would be doing what it's doing. Yeah, I would say a lot of, especially the political, because I think there's a big difference between the people who go to do an honest job, which are a lot of the career people in the State Department who are just trying to, you know, advance American interests, but really the political leadership um, that does not believe in American exceptionalism. If you ask them, is America the most exceptional country on earth? And they'll tell you no. And they'll spend their entire time apologizing for all of America's sins across that hemisphere. America's bad because list your favorite reason. And they really feel that their job is to go into the hemisphere and to go into the region, go all over the world and apologize because America is a bad country. We're racist. We've taken resources at r and We've taken territories at r and We had slavery in our country. And therefore, their job is to apologize for all of America's success. And, and it's really sad because America should recognize terrible things that have happened in this country, like every country should. Right? America has a complicated history. But there's no greater country on God's green earth than America. And I think we have to recognize that. And I think so. The, the real message should be to some of these countries, America has struggled like other countries. America has had things that we're not proud of, like multiple other countries on the earth. But free market economy, strong democracies, strong institutions, free and fair elections, they work. And it leads to prosperity. And that's the difference between the United States and the majority of the world. We have institutions so, that work. So tell me what happens, um, what you see happening as China you know, I want to close this out with you, but I want to I want to get a little more from you on on the China angle. What do you see happening in the next couple of years as the Biden administration is still in control? They're still, you know, in control of our foreign policy in Latin America. And as you see China advancing, and I, by the way, I know that we know that, you know, countries who are rec- refuse to recognize Taiwan are getting, you know, co-opted by China um, or ones who do recognize Taiwan are being bullied um, to to change their position on that. Talk to me about what happens in Latin America with China over the next couple of years. 
China will continue their ultra-aggressive approach. And as you mentioned, the majority of countries who still recognize Taiwan are in our hemisphere. They're, they're here in the Western Hemisphere, and the biggest one is probably Paraguay. So I, I think the administration, through their policies, will alienate these countries. And the countries really rely on economic investment, direct foreign investment from the United States in order to grow their, their economies. Um, and as these policies continue to alienate not only these countries, but also American businesses, um, it'll be very difficult for the American entrepreneur to compete in the region. And the Chinese, ultimately through corruption and influence, will be able to control the institutions and have a massive economic advantage and a security advantage in our own hemisphere. And it's slowly been happening. We pushed back as hard as we could during the Trump administration. But with the change of administration comes a change of policy. Um, China is not one of their top priorities, as we've seen with the crackdowns going on right now in China and the limited support offered by the U.S. government. So knowing that, I think we, it continues to slip away. Uh, you know, we really need elections in two years, but we really need to change our approach that if we can't beat China in our own Western hemisphere, and I'm not saying beat them in the traditional militaristic state, but really beat them through policy, through diplomacy, through economic opportunity. If we can't beat them here, how are we going to beat them anywhere else? Um, and I think it's a really sad day for the United States if we don't recognize that if China beats us in Central and South America, we really have no hope of winning anywhere in this entire world. Well, I always said, Ambassador, that when Biden won, China won, and we're seeing that in Latin America, uh, we really are so grateful that you joined us today, giving us your insight. Um, I wish we had a, a happier, more optimistic note to end on, but I think it's important that we all have wide, eyes wide open on this on this issue. Yeah, yeah, thank Carlos, you for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We completely appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks a lot, John. Take care. All right. Take care. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. He's right. I think a lot of uh, a lot of Democrats, but specifically these far lefty Democrats, they have a philosophy that a better model is the China model. And it and it comes from the likes of, of Bill Gates um, and other economic leaders. But it also goes to all these you know, global elites and American elites that go to Davos, the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab, who runs it, who just came out and said, you know, listen, the, the model of the future is China. Right. I mean, because uh, they want control. They they appreciate the con kind the of authoritarian model control is a better model. And so this is this is this is radical thought. But this is pervasive through uh, the American economy, through American leaders. And they're they're trying to mimic what's happening in in China, whether it's the 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 lockdowns, the shutdowns, the the mask mandates, the vaccine censorship. mandates, the censorship—that's right. You know, free speech is violence now. They they use all kind of creative ways, 
in taking us away from these American roots and bringing us closer to China. And you see this now happening for this conversation in, 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 the, in the Western Hemisphere, where, again, I don't think these folks in the administration, the Biden administration, feel threatened by China. I think they're okay with China taking over because they believe it's a better model. We can't afford, Sean, to not have a China hawk in the White House. And instead, we we not only have someone who's soft on China, we have someone who's compromised by China. I look at so many of the moves he's making. They make no sense. I'll, I'll, I'll grant what Ambassador Trujillo said, that a lot of this stuff started under Obama. Um, and I think Obama was somebody who I frankly don't think really liked America much. And his policy showed that um, his speeches showed that his wife said that. Uh, so I, I get the ideological thing there. What's intriguing to me about Joe Biden is I think Joe Biden is compromised. I think his China policies are more driven by the fact that his family has been enriched by China that the Chinese Secret Service know exactly what the Biden family has done to enrich themselves in China. And he is holding that over our president's head. And then you add all of the radical leftists that have, you know, from many of them holdovers from the from the Obama administration. Many people believe that there's a shadow government of Obama people running the Biden administration. And you see what's happening in China. And it's so scary to me because it's one thing for things to happen, you know, in another continent. Um, this is our back door. This is our, our 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 neighbors. And we've never seen China have this kind of influence um, on our neighbors, on our on many of our former allies. It's scary. Listen, this is the this is the easiest economic war that China could ever thought they would fight. Yeah. I mean, that we're just uh, with this administration, we're rolling over. And I don't I don't want to push back on Joe Biden being compromised. Because frankly, I agree with that. But you have to recognize that the the federal government, the executive branch, is massive. It's huge, and and one person can't run the federal government by themselves. The executive branch, mm-hmm. Joe Biden, can't do it by himself. So what they do is they bring in a lot of their top aides, and those top aides start to fill up the positions of the government, the political positions. And what's happened is. And this is, uh, listen, I don't want to give Joe Biden a pass. I think Joe Biden is a radical, just like his administration has been radical. They filled it up with these crazy leftist people yeah. who are now implementing a crazy leftist agenda. Yeah. And, you know, how do you project strength in our hemisphere with a group of people who actually hate America? It, 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 it actually can't work. They hate America or also are so... Uh, their their social policies are their religion. So if you go into Latin America, Sean, I have many friends. You know, I lived in Latin America um, and I have so many friends there and they will tell you they believe what the Biden administration is pushing. The You know, they're, they're investing all kinds of money and supporting all kinds of NGOs in Latin America that are pushing, you know, radical abortion positions that the general population doesn't want. They're pushing LGBTQ trans rights things that these countries are not interested. They're prioritizing. And I, and they believe it's cultural imperialism. I believe it is, too. Um, these are not values that the, that that our neighbors want. And generally, diplomacy is about respecting your neighbors. No respect. Total cultural imperialism. And at the same time, totally blind to the advances, the very dangerous advances of China. China is taking advantage of the cultural Marxism coming from our side, and they have just made massive moves. I mean, the, the moves that they've made in Brazil alone, 
should have been setting off fire alarms in America. But what they've done now in Venezuela and Ecuador, in Argentina, in Paraguay and Uruguay, I mean, it is massive. I, 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 it's it's shocking to me. It's 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 uh, it's treasonous what they're allowing to have happen in Latin America with China, that they've turned a blind eye to it. It's just unbelievable. Uh, you, you make a good point. And, and when you think about the, the philosophy of the left, and if you ask me to talk about what it is, I'd say, well, listen, they, they, they believe in, you know, transgender rights. They want to be able to transition 12 year old little boys into girls or little mm-hmm. girls into boys. They believe in abortion and they believe in climate change, right? Those are, those are the, the three things I think that they really believe yes, in on the social front. Yeah. And that has consumed all of their policies. Yes. That, that they're mission driven on those. But here's why I think they're duping the American people, because if that was really their mission, if that was really what they wanted to see the world look like, it, it's abortion for everyone, um, transgender rights for everyone in a, in a world that's based on you know windmills and solar panels. That's what they want. There's no way in hell they would ever partner with China or there's no way they'd let China win anywhere because China is the exact opposite yes. of that. They are the most, they're the biggest. Well, other than polluters. abortion, they do love abortion, Sean. Well, but they're the biggest. <laughs> the Chinese do love abortion. They don't like gay rights. They, they're not transitioning their kids. No, they're teaching their kids to love their country. And they're the biggest polluters in the world. That's right. So You're right about when that. you unpack that, you you have to recognize that it's really not about green. It's really not about LGBTQ. It's not about abortion. This is really about power and control. And they're using these tools of of green abortion and LGBTQ to, to, to suppress the American people, get the American people to give up their rights so they can consolidate power in a global elite. It's the um, it's the it's the one world government. Yeah, the de- the World Economic Forum, the Great Reset. Can I touch you about another area that we're missing, Sean, and 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 that we're seeing happening? So you see all of this leftist stuff happening in and and China influence in all of Latin America, and our our most important economic partner in the world, the most important neighbor we have is Mexico, and maybe you know Canada. Maybe Canada. Maybe Canada, but right up there with Canada is Mexico and Mexico is run by a a leftist president. But if you recall, so is Canada. Yeah, so is Canada. (laughs) But the Biden administration, I mean, the Trump administration was working very well with that with that president Obrador to deal with sort of the migration issues that we had. We had the remain in 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 Mexico policy. We were able to control things um, and, and we under Trump administration, we actually had the lowest um, illegal crossings that we'd had in, in decades. Carlos said we had more people leaving America than coming into America illegally, which right. is a fascinating stat. I didn't right. know that. But now we've opened it up. And what has happened is in this short period of time, the cartels, by the way, partnering with China, um, have made fentanyl specifically. Yeah, because the fentanyl is made in China. They have the made chemicals are billions of dollars. I mean, they have never been more rich or more powerful than from the, the fentanyl and, and drug trade and the human trafficking trade. And this is destabilizing Mexico. We did we did an entire podcast on this, Sean. And if people haven't seen it, they should go back and look for it because it's a really powerful podcast. But we're destabilizing Mexico, turning it into a narco state. And now we've seeded Central and South America and so much economic power uh, and control of the incredible natural resources in Latin America to China. 
it's it's scary. You know, as as I've thought about this as well, we've seen these protests in in China uh, with with the zero COVID policy and the lockdowns. The Chinese people are now starting to protest. Um, they're coming into the streets in mass numbers. And when they do that, they've been chanting, you know, for the removal of Xi, the president and down with the CCP. This is this is almost like the Tiananmen Square situation from the from the 80s. It's a big deal. Um, And what I noticed was the differential in power between the people on the streets and the government. There's no they, they might have rocks. They might have a frozen bottle of water, but they don't have guns. And so. The Communist Party can completely suppress. They can come in and absolutely you know, take take people, arrest people. They do anything they, they want to, whatever they want, because the people don't have the power because they don't have a Second Amendment to fight back and push back against what we all would agree is a, an absolutely repressive regime. And I look at America. By the way, no gun rights in Cuba, no gun rights in Venezuela either. Oh yeah, they had to take away the guns and, before, in order for that socialist revolution to take place. Because they know what happens when socialism gets in. I'm not talking about a a, a firearm led militia in America to take over the government, but what I'm telling it keeps the government at bay. Is that our founders understood what's happening in China? That that could happen in, in America, and they put a Second Amendment in place to say, you know what? I want to make sure that. The citizenry is armed to prevent a tyrannical government from taking over the people. And what you see now in America is the same leftists who are partnering with China that love China, that apologize for America. Remember, Barack Obama went around the world and bowed to foreign leaders apologizing for America's past. Those very same people are trying to take away our gun rights because they know once they get your guns, they can be just like China. You have no power. And our founders, again, I look, I look at China and go, you know what? Our founders were really smart. They understood the way the world works because human nature is human nature. And they said, no, no, we're going to put this in the Bill of Rights in the Constitution that you can possess a firearm. And so I look at all of our rights and freedom of speech is under attack and it's really important. But the right to protect yourself and your freedom resides in your ability to possess a firearm. Yes. I never got to that point. Yes. And so I will, over my dead body, will I ever give up if I ever had any firearms? <laughs> you <laughs> definitely have firearms. Do have firearms. Uh, but you can't give them up. No. Um, and this is a systemic, smart approach, and they're trying to turn the American people against firearms. But there's a different purpose behind it. It's not about safety. It's not about security. This is, again, about power and control. So- don't give them up. If you like this conversation, let us know. Subscribe, rate, review this podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen ad-free with Fox News Podcast plus subscription on Apple Podcasts and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. All right. Listen, everyone. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Sean and Rachel, we're out. All right. Bye, everybody. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.